Sports Minutes with Elia Danker and Ziaul Roshan. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is now time for Sports Minutes. I'm Elliot Danker together with Ziaul Raushan. Today we're talking transfers because quite a lot of uh, rumours going around the past few weeks. Yeah, plenty of rumours. Not so much action, especially when you consider the window's been open for a while, but bids have been submitted. Decisions are set to be made. Quite exciting. Yeah, the most prominent one at the moment has to be Rice, Rice, baby. I'm talking about Declan Rice, West Ham United captain. Uh, and it seems uh, to be uh, the subject of a tug of war between Arsenal and Manchester City. Yeah, with inflation, the price of rice certainly has shot through the roof, hasn't it? And it's interesting because he's obviously coming off a very, very good season, as James Walton alluded to yesterday, and mm. he's a player in demand. And you look at a team like Arsenal, they could use an upgrade in midfield, and perhaps that's why they're trying to break the bank to get rice. Well, there are a couple of issues worth looking at, especially on the Manchester City front. Uh, one in particular is why the heck do they need Declan Rice? We'll get to that in a while. But first, let's hear from uh, a former England player for the Lionesses, uh, the female team of uh, England, uh, Annie Aluku, uh, talking about the Declan Rice situation. Have a listen. There's a lot of cat and mouse going on here. As a sporting director, I used to do this a lot. So I used to call up a club, big club, and say, right, can you put in a bid in? And that would get my owner to, to basically put a yeah. higher bid in. It's a bit like an auction, isn't yeah. it? I don't think Manchester City actually want to sign Declan Rice. I think what's going on here is Arteta's picked up the phone to Pep, said, listen, you know, Arsenal are going to do the sort of incremental bid approach. If you put a higher bid in, that will push my owner to... to I, I think there's a bit of that what, going on here. What, for speed then? They just want it to happen quicker? Well, for you... speed, but to get the deal done. Mm. Because... You know, West Ham obviously want uh, a certain valuation. I think why, I read 120 million. Why don't Arsenal million. just go yeah. and pay it then? Well, why this is the thing. I don't know why Arsenal are doing this incremental but, approach, but it, it's it says to me that Man City coming in sort of later on, it feels like they're trying to, you know, it's going to help Arsenal. Will it help Arsenal? I guess that's the question. Hindsight suggests it will because they've gone in with a 100 million bid, I believe, plus add-ons for Declan Rice. But it's a hard conspiracy theory to believe, isn't it, what Aluko is saying? Is this an art auction? <laughs> it seems like Wow. It. I'm surprised. Uh, but, you know, there is a possibility that this might be the truth. And then, I mean, it's not like we know what goes on behind the scenes, right? Exactly. And that's why we love anecdotes like this, right? Yeah, they give yeah. us a bit of a bird's eye view. But my question is, wouldn't Guardiola technically be helping competition if he's doing that? I know he's got a relationship with Ateta, but yeah. Arsenal ran them close last season. Why would he, in that sense, help strengthen Ateta's side? That's my only question question mark about it but if you put a knife to my neck I say Rice ends up at Arsenal you think so? I think so I mean with the Declan Rice situation it's interesting right because at Manchester City there's the curious case of Calvin Phillips who hasn't quite gotten into the team yet one would argue well nobody really gets into the Manchester City team in the first season right just look at Jack Grealish they've just signed uh, Mateo Kovacic from Chelsea Um, they still got Rodri I doesn't Declan Rice doesn't cover the Ilkay Gundogan uh, departure because uh, Gundogan's more of a number eight type of thing. So yeah, what? Where are you going there to sit on the bench? Or? You, you see, I take your point that Declan Rice isn't a like-for-like replacement for Ilkay yeah. Gundogan, but I've seen time and again Pep Guardiola just mould the players into the shape he true, wants them. True. A master coach. Mm. You've seen what he's done with Jack Grealish and various other players in mm. terms of making them better players, right? And 
I think for Declan Rice, despite Man City being a more exciting proposition on the winning front as well as in terms of what he can learn, just look at Grealish and Stones, for example. Yeah. I just feel at Arsenal, his trajectory will be set up. He doesn't have to move from London to start with and he could possibly sure. be captaining this Arsenal side in a few years, I think. Oh, poor Martin Odegaard. He's going to be quite upset with that. So you're, you're saying Rice ends up at Arsenal? I think so. I think Rice gets greedy, thinks he can get a couple of medals and goes to Manchester City. Ooh, Ooh that's a bold one. All right, let's uh, talk about a team who could really use Declan Rice. Why are they not going after Declan Rice? Manchester United. Bit of deja vu uh, for fans uh, on two fronts. One, uh, what's the transfers going on here? Two, uh, let's protest on the day they launch shirts. Yeah, I think I think the glazers, the noise against the glazers <laughs> yeah. is getting louder and louder. The protest went on a minute after the mega store yeah, opened. Man. They had just to shut to, down, right? Exactly, they wow. shut it down. And, and it shows you that if you raise your voice loud enough, people start hearing you. And I think more than transfers, as a United fan, I feel frustrated that okay. there's no transfers. But I feel even more frustrated that this takeover is dragging on and yeah. on and on. We've spoken to someone who was in the running, Thomas Zilikas, and... And yeah. that conversation seems to be months ago, yet the He's situation out. hasn't evolved yeah. at all. So yeah. it's, it's frustrating because it has a knock-on effect on transfers. And for United, it's not just about who we are signing, it's who we are selling as well. Yeah. So there's plenty of question marks there. A lot indeed. Um, and you look at the goalkeeping situation with David De Gea, I believe, is going to be out of contract by next week. He's not signed on. Andre Onana looks like a, a like-for-like replacement, and except that he's better with his feet. Uh, but both goalkeepers, don't get me wrong, both goalkeepers have a mistake in them. So is this really a good choice? 40, 50 mil? Sure. Um, Jaden Sancho rumoured to be out the door for 45 million pounds. That's about half or maybe less than half of what was paid for him. Uh, selling to raise money to buy players perhaps? Possibly. I think that's the route Ten Hag is taking, right? He has to sell to try and raise some funds because clearly there's no investment coming in mm. for now. You can understand it. I'm surprised that Sancho's on the market purely because... I think Ten Hag's taken extra care of him, giving him yeah. some time off. Maybe to lost patience. Possibly, possibly. But I trust Ten Hag in his decision making. I think as oh. far as transfers have gone, he's signed signed some good players who've done well. Yeah. Not necessarily yeah. for money. Look at January, Weghorst came and did a job. Sabitzer yeah, came yeah. and did a job on no money at all on a loan. So I think I give Ten Hag the benefit of doubt. Whatever happens. Let's see where Ten Hag takes us. Very trusting supporter there. Uh, Let's talk about Chelsea. I wonder how much their fans trust the ownership at Chelsea Football Club. Uh, But they're lucky, though. As far as the clear-out is going, it's not too bad. Ziyech, the latest name to out the door, off to Saudi Arabia, making money. Yeah, I tell you what, Pochettino came in with, I think, top of his interest selling players and it seems like Saudi has come in at an excellent time just to take all these players off Chelsea's books and it's not surprising because they also need to balance their books before they can sign Pochettino type players yeah well don't just hear from us uh, we've got a couple of bites uh, this one uh, from a bit of a transfer guru uh, on Sky Sports uh, Dharmesh Sheikh uh, talking about uh, Chelsea's Saudi saviour have a listen when you look at Chelsea's transfer winner, particularly the number of players that they've got, and we all know that they need to streamline that squad. But it just seems now this the, the Saudi element of this summer's transfer window in particular, and we know it's been building in the last couple of windows, this could be manna from heaven for Chelsea because it's always very difficult for clubs to be able to sell players, release players particularly if they're on big contracts and they'll be like, well, I don't need to go anywhere because I'm on X hundred thousand pounds a week. Whereas Saudi have come in and they want to make their mark. And so, you know, we're talking about 
not players who are 33, 34 Young plus. Players, yeah. We're talking about players who are, you know, still roundabout at their peak, who are getting very attracted by the Saudi project. Yeah, Jesse Lingard, the latest non-Chelsea player, but to be tempted by Saudi money as well. And you can understand the the lure of Saudi there, right? I think for Chelsea, they're getting a bit spoiled by the Saudi money, purely because of how they're going back and forth for the Mason Mount bit to link with Manchester United. Oh, gosh. I think, I think Saudi has come in at a good time for Todd Bowley because there were inflated numbers, not just in terms of playing squad, but in terms of wage bill, yeah. in terms of just the number of people in their building, I guess. Yeah. And I think they needed this clear out and it bodes well for Pochettino, if you ask. Me. I want a Saudi savior as well. Oh, Help me out with my wage bill. <laughs> that would be really nice. Gosh, uh, some guys have all the luck. Um, let's uh, move on to talk about Spurs. We don't talk about this team often enough. Um, I guess the big thing for them, uh, they've signed a new goalkeeper, by the way, uh, to replace Hugo Lloris. But uh, the big thing for them is the Harry Kane situation entering into his last year of contract. We know, and we've spoken about this at length, Daniel Levy doesn't want Kane to go to a rival Premier League club. So what does the uh, transfer guru of all gurus, Fabrizio Romano, have to say? Bayern submitted the opening official bid for Hurricane. Bayern want Hurricane, Bayern always considered, even with the old management, the last one they had with Asen Salimidic and Oliver Kahn, Hurricane, uh, the top target, has always been a top target. Now, also, with new management, but also with Thomas Tuchel as new coach, the idea is to go for Hurricane. Tuchel is a big fan, so they submitted an opening proposal, 70 million euros plus add-ons. Tottenham immediately said no, they are never going to accept that kind of fee for Kane. And from what I understand, and I always say it, even when he was linked with Real Madrid, Daniel Levy, Tottenham chairman, is going to make this deal very difficult. He wants to keep the player at the club. He still dreams of Hurricane as a Tottenham player for the next season and for the future. So Daniel Levy is going to try in every single way to keep the player at the club. But it's true that Bayern tried, they got to know, they want to try again, so Bayern are not giving up. They also have other options into the list, of course, but they don't want to give up on this story. For Hurricane, also because they feel that the player would be open to make this move happen. So Hurricane is not saying no to Bayern. This is why they sent an official bid and this is why they want to insist. You've spoken to this man before, Mr. Romano. I have, and his accent always stings in my mind, right? That, that iconic Fabrizio Romano. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love it. Tell you what, if I were to play a game of transfer bingo, two things are for sure. Harry Kane leaving Spurs oh. and Daniel Levy making it very difficult to do. And Fabrizio Romano covered both those ideas there, that how difficult this move to Bayern is going to be. I, I, you know, we spoke about Man City coming in to, to help Arsenal in their bid to yeah, sign yeah. Uh, Declan Rice. Yeah. I feel like Bayern have come a bit left field in this equation because mm. do they really need Harry Kane? I mean, anyone needs Harry Kane. Count me as goals, yeah, but... but... You know, there's still the the issue in the argument that Harry Kane wants to beat the all-time All top scorer record. And and it seems like Manchester United is a ready, ready-made place for him to go out and do sure, that, right? Yeah, I sure. can understand Levy not wanting to sell to an immediate rival, but I feel for Anga Postacoglu, who's the new coach mm. at Spurs, for him to get to grips with this Spurs job at hand, and it's a big restructuring job, job there. I think this Kane situation needs to tide over as soon as possible. Either he goes or he comes out publicly and says, I'll give you one last season. But if I were Levy, who is a numbers guy, right? Yeah. 
He's going, Harry Kane's going into the last year of his contract. Why not cash in now rather than lose him for free at the end of the year? Uh, case study, Mason Mount. Uh, you know, I've really enjoyed this conversation with you, Raushan, uh, especially about these transfer uh, rumours and who's playing who. But, you know, if you ask me, the ultimate winner in the transfer season so far has been Real Madrid. And they've been a big winner for at least the past two to three years with the signings that they've made. Now they've got a midfield for the next 10 years in the form of Jude Bellingham joining uh, linking up with uh, Eduardo Camavinga as well as Arlen Chouameni for the future, that is. But they need a striker. Yeah, they do. They do need a striker. They've got a Benzema-sized hole to fill, right? And that's going to be difficult. But you talk about Bellingham walking into that midfield as the future. It almost seems like Mbappe has been priming himself for this move to Spain as the future number nine to lead the team, right? So I feel the the replacement for Benzema is right there in front of their eyes. It's just a matter of if PS G blink and if Real Madrid want to spend the money they've got the money I mean they they had the money some years ago I think two years ago or, or so uh, didn't spend it so the reports are that they have that money so what they're spending on Bellingham is a different year's budget so to speak but you know you mentioned earlier on Bayern coming into the hurricane situation a bit left field any chance that uh, I mean what's what's your what's your spider sense telling you the odds of them coming in for hurricane Real Madrid I feel like Real Madrid five six seven, maybe ten years ago would have gone for Harry Kane purely because he's in the here and now, yeah. the, the best goal for goal striker in the in the world of football, right? But with Mbappe, the way they signed Bellingham is for the future. I feel like Mbappe is for the future. It secures them for the next five to eight years and that's why I have an inkling they're going to stay out of the hurricane battle purely because it's going to be difficult to deal with and because Mbappe covers their bases for longer. Yeah, and you know who's flying under the radar out of all of this? Newcastle United, Sandro Tonelli. Wow. Making moves. Sports Minutes on Money FM 89.3.